0: Welcome to the Drinking with Gin podcast. I'm your host, Ginny Preem. I'm that friend that you can chat with about anything. Relationships, career, travel, fashion, with zero judgment. This is a space where we will navigate struggles and celebrate triumphs and share some laughs along the way. This is your new favorite community that you didn't even know you needed in your life. I'm a speaker, author, and master certified professional coach. I call you, my friends, GEMS, because this is where we can all shine our brightest. And now that you're in the circle, you and all of the other GEMS can tune in for relatable, real talk. Hi, Jim. We are in for a real treat of a chat today. We are going to have a conversation with my friend, Carissa Montooth. So welcome, Carissa.
1: Thank you.
0: I'm so excited (laughs) to get to talk to you about this. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. You are going to love this conversation, pun absolutely intended. Um, (laughs) And before we dive into, and I'll do like a proper introduction, but before we dive into that, What are you drinking today for our conversation? I am
1: drinking a skinny vanilla uh, latte with oat milk and a bunch of cinnamon in it that I made downstairs. (laughs) Yeah, I am a
0: sucker for putting cinnamon in my lattes too. I am drinking a, uh, and I'm sorry to tell you about this because they are dangerously good. And it is a, (laughs) it's a chocolate cream cold brew. And I get it without the vanilla syrup and add a light splash of heavy cream. It is so good from Starbucks. And that is what I'm sipping along and treating myself to today, because I wanted to be alert and awake for this conversation and this chat. So I'm excited. And uh, so Chris, first of all, I want to make sure that I introduce you properly. So you are a love coach and sixth generation healer. Mm-hmm. And what I think, What I find fascinating about your background is that you also have a background in counseling and therapy.
1: Is that correct? Yes, I have degrees in psychology and counseling. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: So what a great perspective that you're going to bring. So we met at a business conference because we shared the same
1: business coach, Nicole Walters. The same amazing, incredible business coach.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, she's amazing. And I just had the fortune of being a guest on her podcast, which the timing of this is great. We were just talking about how it's interesting how connections are made and things just come full circle. And here we are today, excited to have this chat. And mm-hmm. when we first started talking about you coming on as a guest to drinking with gin, it was I was really excited because you have such a diverse background and focusing on love and By the way, I got real cheesy today. Like I got really into character and was thinking this morning about doing this with you. And I was listening to Anita Baker. I know that's gonna like tell my age. So I was listening to Anita Baker this morning. (laughs) It just seemed like the right mood, like to get me in the right mood and feel like I'm wearing hot pink. Like I was looking at what I had in my closet to wear like red or pink. So we're talking about love today. I've got even on my lipstick is called pillow talk and then my lip gloss is called love alert like i'm telling you i am you are
1: so glowy and gorgeous (laughs) i mean like talk about like open for love oh my goodness talk about receptive to love you just look gorgeous
0: (laughs) oh you are so sweet thank you i just was trying to play the part today but yeah i am ready my my person is coming (laughs) i definitely feel that but that is not what we're here to talk about today we're not here to talk about me but As I was thinking about this, you know, we originally started thinking that we would talk about the love languages, because that Mm -hmm. is something that you know a lot about, and a lot of people have heard about it, and it's really kind of common language, but you and I chatted, like, just in preparation and thought, well, you know, what's interesting is this podcast and this platform and my story is so much about the growing and the healing journey, Mm -hmm. And going through adversity and traumatic experience and difficult times. And how do we grow through that and come out the other side even better than we were before? And you were like, well, that's actually what I do. What we need to
1: talk about, yeah.
0: Yeah, and what we need to talk about. So let's start there and talk a little bit about what is it exactly that you do so that people get a little bit better understanding of that.
1: Yeah, so what I do is I help single women... And the the women that I work with are generally really high-vibe, high-achieving women. Uh, I help them heal their hearts and attract commitment-minded partners without self-sabotage. And we do that through a lot of different ways, but it's mostly a combination of some of it is mindset changes, mindset shifts, but a lot of it is healing the the deeper things underneath through energy work because then what we're doing is like we become the person who can have the relationship and sustain the relationship and not just like we get good at dating. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not really what it's about. It's about having the relationship that you want and, and being able to be the you that can sustain that. And that knows that you deserve that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I do.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. And I think listening to this, you're probably, you know, Jen, who I'm talking to you, like, you're probably hearing that going, Oh, my gosh, that's me. And when we think about Carissa, how dating and the dating world has changed so much, like, let's talk about that for a second. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so much. And the funny thing, too, is like, my clients are kind of in two groups. So One group of women are really high achieving women. They have a lot of responsibility. They're making decisions all day long. And their biggest complaint is like, I just want to get to be the girl in my relationship. And when they say that they're always worried that I'm going to misunderstand them or that it's going to seem kind of like sexist or weird or something like that. I'm like, I completely get what you're talking about. You want to be able to be in your feminine energy and you want to be able to trust that this other person is going to be in their masculine energy. And you wanna be able to be in that role of being receptive and you wanna be able to to have some softness and know that it's okay to be vulnerable. And um, those are all things that go with that. The other group of women that I work with are usually single moms who started, who dated in high school. They got married right out of high school. They had kids and they never really dated and then they went through their divorce and they said i'm not going to date until my kids are old enough for me to focus on myself again so then as soon as their kids got old enough now they're thinking about mm-hmm. you know their themselves and their love life but then as they go back out into the dating world it's like completely different because the last time they were in it was 20 years ago or you know around that time and they're just kind of like what even is this <laughs> what am i doing in here how do i do this and There's also this idea now that we have to go online to find love. That that's like, if we're not doing that, we're missing out and, you know, we're not dating the way that we need to, we're not putting ourselves out there enough and those kinds of things. So the dating world has changed in some really significant ways as a result of online dating. But what I have found is that the three ways that women are actually meeting their soulmates are have nothing to do with online dating. And it's really not as big of a deal as we think that it, that it needs to be because they're not doing it. That, that's not how these people are coming into their lives.
0: Okay, we're gonna dig into that in just a second. I have so many responses and so many questions to everything <laughs> that you just said. So I have friends that fall into both of those camps. Now, I don't have children of my own. And so I, I kind of feel like I relate to the first camp that you talked about. So the women, Mm -hmm. the like high functioning or not high functioning, high performing, like people that are maybe really career focused and career oriented. Like I found a lot of success. Yeah. High achieving. There we go. That's the word that you used. And yes, I I think at that, when you're making so many decisions all day, sometimes you, you're I'm like, I just want a guy that can like decide where we're going to go to dinner. Or yes. you know, something like that. And so that was where I was going when you were talking about that. And when we think about the online dating, I mean, that is not for me. I have tried it. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I think I've tried every single one of them. But one of the things that really resonated, and we talked about this offline, and I wanna this to me was what hit me the hardest or hit me the most that I think so many people will hear. And you just said this, you said, this is where people are going to find love. Yes. But one of the things that you said to me in our first conversation was, it's not about finding love. That's where the high achieving yeah. women are going to go. They're going to be like, well, I do this. I find my job. I find all of these They're other so things. They're so used to that. Yeah. yeah. It's the, so that idea
1: of like hustle, like I can make it happen. And I so their mind shift for them, that's like where magic happens on the other side is I'm always... Um, explaining to them or kind of reaffirming for them you don't make love happen you make love welcome mm, you make love welcome yeah so that's what and, we do with the deeper energy work. that's how you do that
0: yeah. okay so is there maybe one or two tips or tricks that you can share here so we can figure out how the hell we do that
1: yeah, how how do do we make, go? how do from... we make it welcome, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things is that we we need to look at what we're carrying from our past relationships. Because a lot of times what I see as women actually go into the new relationship is that we have a tendency to treat the new person as though they're going to behave toward us the way that the last person did. And if we're not really conscious of what we just came out of, And if we're not reminding ourselves, this is a new person, this is a new person, this person is not that person, this person is not going to do those things, you know, that's one of the things that we need to do is kind of wrap up that unsettled business. And one of the ways that we do that is we think that if we, you know, usually so many women only leave the relationship if the relationship is horrible, you know, if the relationship is terrible, if it's devastating, if they know that they can't trust that person anymore. If it's anything other than that, we will usually stay in the relationship and try to fix it and try to make it okay and see what kind of concessions that we can make on some level that would make it all right. You know, but when we leave that relationship, what we want to be able to do, we think people talk about forgiveness and how big of a deal forgiveness is. It's not really about forgiveness in the way that we think it is, but it is about release. And what I mean by that is we can have this wound, this anger wound, when we come out of a past relationship where we have, that is righteous anger. You know, we're carrying a righteous anger because we have really actually been wronged by someone. And we can have this thought that's like, I'm not going to forgive them. I hope that terrible stuff happens. to them. You know, like <laughs> that's what they deserve. Shut right <laughs> up right now. Yeah, <laughs> like this is what they did. And, you know, we're we're like, I, I want justice. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the thought in our mind. But what we want to do is think of it like, I am willing for there to be a time when this does not bother me anymore. And Mm -hmm. that can be our definition of forgiveness. It's just the willingness for there to be a time when what you did doesn't impact me like this anymore.
0: It kind of reminds me of the saying that love and hate are very similar feelings. It's when you get to that point of indifference where you really start to understand that you've healed or you've grown from a previously damaging relationship.
1: Exactly. And the weird thing is the closure you wanted when you were angry only comes when you get to that point of indifference. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes it, a lot of sense. It's like when you didn't when you don't care anymore about getting the closure, that's when you get it. <laughs> that's when you get that piece of information that makes you like, That's
0: what I thought. Okay. Uh, We could have a whole topic on closure. (laughs) I actually had a listener ask me to do an episode on closure. So that's a, that's a good uh, reminder for me to make sure that I do that. The other thing that I feel like this is a similar pattern to is, you know, we hear that saying of like, you end up being with your mom or your dad, whether Mm -hmm. good or bad. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into what I think I've chosen um, today. That's a topic for another day. But oftentimes we tend to pick the parent that we didn't have as good of a relationship with. And we, you know, we choose those patterns and behaviors or we choose those behaviors. And maybe it does become a pattern of choosing those behaviors. So how do we break that pattern of continuing to choose those unhealthy behaviors and, you know, heal and move on from that?
1: Well. The first thing that we want to do is recognize a lot of times when we're going into a new dating situation, we're thinking about our exes and that our exes damaged us or that they, you know, caused us pain, but we're not thinking that much about our family of origin and our mom and dad are our number one and number two, right? They're the ones that taught us what love is. They taught us what love is supposed to look like. They taught us whether or not we deserve love. They taught us what hoops we have to jump through to get love or whether we can just have it unconditionally. They taught us all of those kinds of things and even what relationships look like between you know two people you know um so thinking about that is such an important thing and i'm really glad that you said that um because when i do that work with clients they're always a little bit surprised how deeply we dig into what was your relationship with your mom what was your relationship with your dad and one of the ways that we actually heal that is through um it's going to get kind of woo woo because we're going to get into the energy. Uh, healing. Well, I, I love, love woo woo.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are a few different ways that we do that. But one of the ways that we do that is by cutting the energetic cord to that person. Um, and the cord we have to that person is an actual structure and energy that exists between us and them. And as soon as it gets, as soon as someone comes into our life in whatever way who is incredibly important to us emotionally for some reason, we have a cord between us and them. And the misconception about that is that it's a bond. People think oh it's a bond you know between me and this person. It's not a bond. It's lo- it's more like a sewer line between you and that person. Because it's oh, where a
0: sewer line. Okay, I yeah. love that
1: saying. Yeah, it's it's more like a what? sewer line because you know? it's toxic. It is. It's where all of the heavy negative emotion between the two of you continues to cycle back and forth in your in in the deeper kind of subconscious part of you. And it can exist even after this person has passed on. You know, the interesting thing about it is when we you know, people resist cutting the cords to their mom or cutting the cords to their dad because of that idea that it's a bond. But what I've seen over and over again when I'm doing that with clients is that it actually shifts in one of two ways, or sometimes both ways. Either you notice a change in the way the person behaves towards you and they initiate a conversation with you that like you've wanted to have with them your whole life and never thought would happen or the, you feel differently. Of, they don't change at all, but your response to them changes. It's like, it doesn't hit you in the same way at all anymore. It just doesn't have that punch anymore. It doesn't have that intensity. It, it doesn't have that, um, that power really anymore. Um, and I've seen that in a lot of different ways, especially that happens with mom and dad, you know, if you cut a cord. Uh Um, What I've seen happen with exes when we cut a cord is that they always call, and I don't know what it's about, but I always have to warn my clients that like in the next 48 hours, you are going to hear from this person. It is not significant. (laughs) It does not signify that they have changed in any way. It's literally like, because we all have a certain sensitivity to energy, right? It's like, I describe it to my clients like this. They felt a disturbance in the force. That's it. (laughs) Like it Uh wasn't anything where they were like, I have this epiphany. She's calling out to me and we're going to be together. It's not that at all. It's literally like they felt the disturbance in the force and they reached out. It's like they reached out in the dark to see if you're still there because they could feel in a way on some level that you had disconnected from them. So they kind of like reach out to reaffirm the connection. And they're not always—they're not even conscious of why they're doing that. They're just like something changed between us and I wanna kind of poke at you and make sure you're still there.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. So I was just talking with a friend yesterday about this who recently became single and she was like, okay, all of these guys from my past have been like crawling out of the woodwork. It's almost like <laughs> they know. And so it's funny that you say that um, and you know, that kind of what you just said about cutting that toxic sewer line and that cord to, you know, maybe someone that wasn't so healthy in your life, whether it was a a mom, you know, or dad, um, And, you know, talking about this healing conversation and coming into this with, you know, having an open heart and an open mind. I think that's been one of the biggest mind shifts for me over the past five years or so is I've really changed my perspective. I've become a lot more open, both heart and mind. And that's really shifted things so much for me. And as we're talking about this being on a healing journey, one of the things that I love to say, and and I think this will tie into kind of what you do is it gives you the opportunity to tell your story differently. Because when you're healed, you you just do, you tell the story differently because you see it from a whole new perspective.
1: Absolutely. Because you start talking about it in terms of, like you're able to recognize what your responsibility was at different points and you're able to uh, take responsibility for your choices at different points, right? So mm-hmm. instead of thinking of it like, when you tell it, instead of telling it like, all of the things that happened to you, all the things that happens to you, you begin to talk about it in terms of like the choices that you made along the way and you recognize your agency in the situation and it doesn't feel scary to do that. It doesn't feel like it's a threat to my ego to admit that I could have made different choices and I some of the, my choices I regret. It doesn't feel like it's a threat to your ego anymore because that's not where you are. You're like, I know that I... I know that I had power then because I recognize that I have power now. Ooh, okay. So I talk
0: about that, like with gym path, right? Like that's the that's my path of of healing and growing through adversity. And I talk about that in my keynote speeches and I talk about it here in the podcast. And one of the things that I say is something you have to do before you even can take that first step down the path is acknowledgement acknowledging what you've been through acknowledging what your story is that got you to this point so that you can start down that path of healing does that make sense do you feel like that yeah okay
1: oh absolutely yeah because you have to be able to to just kind of articulate like you said it's about telling the story in a different way Uh you're like telling the story from an empowered perspective now And you have to be able to do that so that you can speak what you want coming next into your life. You have to be able to be clear about what happens so you can be clear about what you want, right? That's coming in next.
0: And that, you know, that goes into moving and shifting from living in ego and then living from your heart. And when you start to make that big of a shift, it's transformative. Yeah. It is transformative. And that's what you're saying is this is part of what you can help people do. And I know you primarily work with women and single women, but we do have a, you know, we've got a vast um, array of listeners. So do you also work with men? Do you work with partnered people in any capacity as well?
1: Um, I work with single men and women, primarily women, but I do work with men. Um, and mostly I work most of my clients who are men are gay. And it's like a lot of times people are thinking, you know, well, does this work for everybody? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, love is love is love is love. We're talking about like man healing our hearts and manifesting love. That's what everybody wants to do. You know, everybody wants to be loved in the way that feels like love to them, in the healthiest way, in the way that feels the most secure and safe and you know everybody wants that we all want and need and deserve to have that and yeah when, when we're working in energy we're working with universal laws universal means everybody and yeah it's pretty easy to apply
0: oh my gosh and yes so many people love love just love love and so i love that you talk about it being universal but what about the fact that sometimes the way that we have received love. So like, I will actually say that I feel like I never received unconditional love from one of my parents. Mm -hmm. People are going to read into that. They're going to figure out who it is. I'm just not coming flat out and saying it yet. I'm not ready. But when, for me, when I've picked partners in the past, Mm -hmm. it has been because of that familiarity of not actually being able to receive love. And now, you know, I've luckily gone through a significant amount of healing and growing on this journey that I've been on. So how do people begin to understand that just because it's familiar and comfortable doesn't mean it's good? And then shifting to this new way of understanding what secure, good, healthy love should look and feel like
1: okay you said a lot in that that's really (laughs) important (laughs) so one of the things you're we're actually talking about two different things right the we're talking about how we feel which is this feels familiar and we're talking about what we think which is understanding that just because it feels like that doesn't make it good right Uh we feel with 80 to 90 percent of us you know that's coming from this deep subconscious place which is also where all of our energetic wounds are and that's the the gravity and the driving force behind our actions so that 10 to 20 percent that's like i know that this is not a good thing it doesn't have a lot of a chance unless we heal those things that are in the deeper parts of us. It's kind of like, and we were talking about like dating ourselves, <laughs> but it's kind of like when, when Harry met Sally, um, there's that part with um, Carrie Fisher's character Marie, and she keeps talking, she's dating that guy who's married, and she keeps talking about how she's like, he just bought a, a $500 nightgown for his wife. I don't think he's ever gonna leave her. And Carrie's, uh, and um, you know, her friend's like, no one thinks he's ever gonna leave her. And she goes, you're right, you're right. I know you're right. And she keeps doing that. Uh-huh. Like that's that subconscious battle. It's like, you know, with twenty to 10 to 20% of you, you know what to do, but it feels so familiar. And the pull to it is so familiar that it almost like doesn't matter. And then what you said was, I've done a lot of healing since then. That's why that is the key. That's the key to recognizing this might feel familiar but it doesn't just because i feel that familiarity toward it doesn't make it good and that's what's so difficult about the self-sabotage and that's what's so because when you get into a healthy relationship after all of that it feels so good but it does not feel familiar it does not feel familiar
0: yeah and i think that's one of the biggest things for people to understand is that just because it's familiar or comfortable doesn't necessarily mean it's good but Hollywood and Disney and fairy tales and society and social media has normalized that butterflies and the spark is what you're supposed to feel. But really, we should be feeling like uh, some of the words that I think you used before were safe, secure, loved, like unconditionally.
1: That you can be be yourself.
0: Authenticity.
1: Yeah, Uh, that Hmm. it should feel it's hard to describe, but there's a distinction between easy and and familiar. It should feel easy, but it doesn't, it won't necessarily feel familiar. It might not be uh, your experience in the past to have a relationship that feels easy, you know? So it might are feel you talking easy to easy totally I totally unfamiliar.
0: <laughs> are you talking to me, Persa? because I feel really seen right now.
1: You're like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like you're reading uh, my journal. <laughs> you know? uh, no yeah, the thing about that is, yeah, it's um it does it's hard to to have it feel familiar to be in that situation where it feels familiar and go, does this feel familiar? Does this feel good because it's chemistry? or is this actually just me being attracted to what I've always been attracted to in the past that's always ended up in heartache. And that's why the healing part is so important because if you haven't done that, then what feels like chemistry, Is really that they have the same wounds that you have or that you're used to, and that feels familiar to you on a subconscious level.
0: Yeah. And instead of taking those butterflies or the spark or, you know, that kind of the gamemanship that I think people talk about, right? Like the, you know, playing the game of dating, instead of taking that as excitement or chemistry or passion or, you know, what should be right making that shift and understanding that that's our body's warning signs.
1: <laughs> it's true, because like you were saying that I mean, it's a state of arousal, right? It's a state of physiological arousal, which really just means like all of your body's alert systems are on high, right? It's yeah. like just saying, Something new is happening and you should pay attention because you may need to get out of here.
0: (laughs) Yes. And that, but that is, I mean, that's sometimes what people mistake as, you know, that, that good feeling. Oh my gosh, Krista, I could talk to you for days about this. This is such good stuff. So what is it like to, you know, what kind of, do you do packages or can you tell me what it's like to work with you on this journey of. Um, you know, love healing and opening ourselves up to welcome it in rather than find it?
1: Yeah. So the way that I work with my clients is we work together for about a six month period where we're meeting once a week. And it's really important for people to kind of set an expectation for themselves that the things that were things that were created over years take more than one kind of session to to address and to heal and the their commitment to their healing is going to help them be where they want to be um so when i work with my clients we do the very first part of what we do is deep energetic healing work and that usually takes half of the time that we're together we're addressing things that have to do with their family of origin we're addressing things that have to do with exes and healing those things we're finding specific beliefs that they have, and we're clearing those things with energy. So they may be beliefs that are like, I'm too old to have a partner, or men are intimidated by me, or, um, you know, I need to lose weight before I can have love, or I need to make all these changes, right, before I can be that person. We clear those things out because none of that is true, but it feels true because it's in that 80 to 90% of us that's driving our behavior. So we go well, really those deep self, into those
0: It's like those self-limiting beliefs, right? Exactly. That aren't true, but we've told ourselves, like we have affirmed that in ourselves, because we've told ourselves that so many times.
1: Exactly. And when you have a belief that you affirm over and over and over again, it be- it becomes a law for your life. Uh huh. You know. And uh-huh. so it's interesting too to me how some some people will have a law. We have good laws and bad laws that we've created in our lives, so we can have a law that says love is really hard for me and the stars have to align in a perfect way and the gods have to smile on me and stardust and you know it has to be everything has to line up perfectly for me to be chosen as one of those lucky people that gets to have love right we can have a belief that like love is hard and tricky Uh and the same person can have a belief that's like I always make money I always make money money is easy for me money is a game that I know how to play I'm not ever worried about money and it's like What's interesting to me is that when we clear out a lot of the beliefs that have to do with love and receiving love, people see increases in their income. They see shifts and breakthroughs in terms of like their success, because it's about what I believe I'm allowed to have, how much I believe I can receive, you know? I love and that. so they see that first because they already have supportive laws about money in their life. Uh-huh. And then we come back to love and they start to see the breakthroughs are their own love. And then it starts to
0: amplify those other positive areas in their lives. That makes so much sense to me. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So how, so you told us a little bit about what it's like to work with you. How, how do we find you? Where do we find you to connect with you, work with you, hear more of what you have to
1: say? So you find me um, at my online home, (laughs) which is my website, carissamontu.com. And it's spelled C-A-R-I-S-A-M-O-N. E-O-O-T-H.com. um You can also, um, when you go to my website, you just click on Bonjour, and that will open up a message. You can send a message to me. You can find me on Insta, at Carissa Love Healer, and DM me there. Um, you can go to Soul Love Clarity dot com <laughs> make sure <before. laughs> but yeah you can go to we'll link it will yeah, link, link it everything below. in
0: <laughs> the show and notes. you can
1: actually yeah set up um an elect and um a find my soulmate now i know it's we don't really actually we attract love we don't find it you know but you mm-hmm. can set up a find my soulmate now session with me and in okay. that session we'll we talk about those things yeah I love that.
0: I have loved this conversation. I know I keep using the word love, but it's kind of because we love love (laughs) because we love love and this conversation has been so fascinating so great i'm sure that Jem, you found something in here that was interesting maybe you know somebody that needs to hear this conversation that's either going through healing or starting their healing journey um is open and ready to find love and welcome it into their lives and attract it and you feel like they might be ready to work with carissa so i will link all of her information you can find her on instagram and her website i'll put it all in the show notes carissa thank you so much for being here today i appreciate it and i know the gems did too thank you so much for having me yes it was my pleasure and (laughs) gem until next time shine bright and let's get growing oh you gems Thank you for listening and tuning in to Drinking With Gin. I have enjoyed connecting with you. And if you loved this episode, I need you to please go subscribe, rate, and leave a review for Drinking With Gin. And then to stay connected with me, head over to my Instagram. My handle is Ginny I can't wait to chat again with you gems next week.